0: Okay, so we're going to be asking questions and answering questions on record, so don't say anything stupid. The, the whole world will laugh at you. Um, right. So the question was about practicing. And when you stop practicing, you notice that you feel worse. You feel off. You feel kind of scattered or whatever. And then you then start practicing and you feel good again and you want to know how to keep practicing because you know it's good for you
1: yeah like why do we ever lose the motivation in the first place if it feels so good why do we cycle in and out of these feelings
0: yeah that is the million dollar question for human beings Mm -hmm. why don't we consistently do the things that feel good for us (laughs) bingo ding 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 you got it yeah um, because it's hard. It takes effort. We're lazy by nature. We like being lazy. It, there's gravity pushing down. It takes effort just to get out of bed, right? Life takes effort. And we're lazy. Effort sucks. We don't like putting in effort. We, the body, nature, everything tries to be as efficient as possible, right? So, you know, that process of doing good things and building ourselves up and then kind of falling back down, every single person has experienced that. In some way in different ways the way that I found through it there's a couple ways you could try one is something like this where you form a group right and you then have a support group that's how community can be super beneficial this could also be like going to the gym right or just doing different things that you need to get some support from other people and it kind of brings you there that's super that's helpful Another thing to do it is that you for yourself make a kind of schedule or a plan that says every day or every two days or every Wednesday or just you, you schedule a time like the same way you have to go to work at these times, you have to do this and these times, you schedule it as like an, as a, with resolve, like on this day at this time, I meditate, at least I just sit there. And that's the way to do it with structure, some people that works. Um, another way to do it, for those of you who are really lazy, is that you do exactly what you're doing, but you just stay aware. You stay aware of that it feels good when I do this, and then you stop doing it and it feels bad. And eventually it's like when you become more aware of your body and you start eating healthy, if you were to then start eating junk food, you would just your body doesn't feel good. It's not like you need to push yourself to eat healthy again. You just literally naturally gravitate towards eating healthy because you like that feeling. So if you just stay aware of what feels good, you'll naturally do more. You'll kind of move towards the thing that feels good. And sometimes, sure, it takes a little bit of a mental reminder. Like, remember, this is what you want. This feels good. Um, and even the days that maybe you don't want to do it, you still try. But, um, yeah, it's kind of like that. And that back and forth, it's it's normal when you're trying to start any new habit if you don't have any kind of, like, a structured way of, of doing it. So I I would just say, yeah, keep... Keep noticing how good it feels to do it, and then it'll make you want to do it. And really, really important, take out any judgments. Take out, I should be doing it. Yeah, because judgments are killers for doing anything. Your judgments are just like a weight that sits on top of everything. Uh, so it's not, there's no should. It's not like you should be meditating. Uh, there's nothing you should or shouldn't do. It's more just, if this feels good, why not do it? My whole life feels better, more uplifted. I want to do more of this. Right. So take the word should out of the vocabulary and just say, yeah, I want to be doing more. How can I, how can I do more of this? Because I like it, right, which has like another feeling. Yeah, so try something in there. <laughs> okay. No questions tonight. Okay, pass. <laughs> the long pause. Well, I already asked
1: about the sitting, so...
0: You're allowed a second, second question. question.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> with that same thing. I, I do schedule it in my calendar, and I just don't do it. And if I don't do it sort of right away, then I'll not get it done. But it's also yep. the physical. I mean, I'm just not that comfortable sitting, so then I don't want to go back and do it again sometimes, mm-hmm. either. So and when the last time when we had the really long 45 minutes, I mean, and you said, oh, feel free to get I mean, I said to myself, "You're you don't get up. Like when I felt uncomfortable, yeah. I just didn't felt like I still had to just stay in the same, mm. like ride it out.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: it worked okay, because I did like breathe into certain things, and sure. went back, and, and, but, so I don't know whether it's, so should I stay and kind of breathe into the discomfort, or should I just like move?
0: So what's the, what's the word she's using in there? Oh, okay. Yeah. So what does should mean? in this context? Uh, Right. So should in that context only make sense if you know what you want. Yeah. So if I'm sitting and I have pain or I'm uncomfortable, then the question is, what do I want right now? Do I want to learn a new relationship to that pain? Do I want to learn a way through that pain? Do I want to find a way to work with that? Do I want to kind of hold myself to the grindstone until I finally eventually find that way of sitting that feels comfortable? Yeah? Is that what I want? Or I feel uncomfortable. What do I want? Or do I want to just relax? Do I want to feel at peace right now? In which case stand up or go do a walking meditation or lay down yeah do i want to just relax and be kind to myself and be peaceful and both of those are completely valid approaches it just depends on what you want Um, i personally have put myself in specifically situations that were difficult and painful as far as like meditating for long amounts of time and on retreats and stuff Because I wanted to find that way that I could do it. I wanted to get through it. I wanted to find a way that was comfortable. And it took me until I was in extreme discomfort, until I really had to just let go and give up, thinking that there was going to be a way of sitting that's 100% comfortable. And as soon as I let it go, suddenly I felt comfortable, which is like this weird thing. And now I sit and I literally feel 100% comfortable when I sit. So I don't know what that process was, but I had to go through that. Struggle to eventually just surrender and say, you know what? The body is always going to be the body. I'm going to do my best, right? I'm going to find the way that's the best. I'm not doing I'm not like sitting on a knife, right? I'm I'm sitting as good as I can as comfortably as I can and now things come up and I'm just going to say, you know what? It's good enough. Uh, I'm going to let it go. You know, I'm going to just let that discomfort be there and just yeah, breathe and relax um, you know, and I've had times that it was quite the opposite. You know, I really felt that I was sitting and I was pushing myself to sit, right? This should energy. It was like a heavy strictness and I got nowhere with it. And I just kind of would push myself and break and push myself and break. And eventually I just said, this is stupid, you know? And then I would stand up and I would go do walking meditation and I would get to a really deep and you know powerful space. So It it really that's kind of slowly when you start to become your own master, so to say, right, is that you start to ask yourself questions and look deeper and look at approaches and feel things out and try things out and see kind of how do I want to guide myself? What processes do I want to go through and what do I want to do out of it? Um, So it's totally up to you kind of how that whole thing should look, so to say. Yeah, did I answer that or ish? Right Right, And I think That's kind of the point So I, I did the longer sit for the last two times Because of that I wanted to support you guys to sit longer Than maybe you think you could Or to support you in sitting in discomfort A little bit To then see oh actually it's still okay Because that's ultimately at the end of the day What stops us from doing anything Is because we're lazy Or because of the effort Or because of the discomfort That's why we don't go to the gym, why we don't clean the house, why we don't, you know, it's just putting in extra energy. It's just difficult and unpleasant and, you know, and it makes us feel good. We get lighter every time you move through your laziness. Every time you move through resistance in general, you energetically break through and you get lighter. You know, every time you give into the resistance, you get heavier and more kind of cranky and uh, nothing, you know. So it's, it's a very kind of you know, visible effect when you go through resistance that it's empowering. And if you give in to resistance, it's like defeating, -defeating. self-defeating. So sometimes it just comes down to saying to myself, you know, I'm going to sit down even if I don't want, I'm just going to, you know, here's my little time slot, 10 minutes. I'm just going to sit, set my alarm and make that commitment and almost like force yourself just to sit, you know. But then sometimes, you know, in yoga they say just get on the mat. It's sometimes that when you're final, when you actually sit down and you turn off the phone and you, you know, relax, you see, oh, actually, I'm super happy that I'm doing this. And my God, why don't I do this every day? Right. So, yeah, that's and that's kind of where the struggle comes in. Right. I can I only have kind of limited control of this room, but otherwise you guys are at home on your own and you have to figure that out. Because my question is connected to the earlier question. Um, mm. You mentioned uh, a while ago that you have been on very long retreats, uh, like 10, 12 hours of of meditation. Mm. How does this, first of all, how, how would we, on um, our level, get to that level? Would you gradually get there, or would you just say, just go for it? Uh, and also, how does this unfold, actually? How would you actually spend these 12 hours? I mean, obviously, you mentioned you walk around all day. Obviously, if we eat at some stage, how does this mm. actually unfold as a as a exercise yeah um so when so the first extended sit that i did was in our monastery and it was a group retreat so there was uh you know 50 people in our meditation room and we would sit you know i think it started at five in the morning or something and we would um we'd sit for an hour you know we'd uh, do a little walking meditation 10 minute walking we ate breakfast You know, sat for an hour did a walking meditation took a 10 minute break sat for an hour did a walking meditation ate lunch sat for an hour You know, so it was kind of like that so it was, it was broken up into kind of big block of sitting little block of walking break sitting, walking, break sitting, walking, break and um, that was yeah maybe something like I think it was something like 10 hours a day you know because we just did that to the end and that was five days right so it was just kind of boom 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 Uh, and it was super difficult for me I struggled a lot i had, you know not been meditating that long by that time but uh, I was at the time living in the monastery so you know I was surrounded by other people who are living normal lives so I was you know way ahead of them in terms of at least I was living in a monastery and had some kind of momentum built up so I think that that retreat threw a lot of people into the deep end, right? A lot of people that really didn't know what they were doing just jumped in. And, um, and again, that's a little bit what I tried to share with you last time. It's kind of, it's a great experience. Even if it's uncomfortable, it's a great experience. Even if it's hard, it's a great experience. There's Vipassana retreats. There's actually, the, it's a, a teacher, Goenka. He, uh, he's from Burma, and he created this whole kind of retreat Format that's been transplanted all around. So there's one of these Goenka Vipassana centers in Shelburne Falls, Mass. And the way these work is that, uh, so it's, this, it's called Vipassana, the, like this kind of thing, and it's um, a 10-day long retreat. And it's free. So you, actually anybody can just go for free. And you spend 10 days there. They feed you. It's not grand meals, but you get food, a place to sleep. And you sit for 10 hours a day. So you do 10 one-hour sits, space throughout the day. And same thing, a lot of people go to those that have never meditated in their lives. I went to one in India. There was 150 people or something. By the end of it, there was maybe 70 people. Yeah, so a lot of people, it was too hard or their own mind got the best of them and they took off. So, you know, it all kind of depends on you um, I'm all for throwing people in the deep end. I think it's no problem. I've been there, you know, and it was a great experience. And yeah, it's super challenging, but at the end of the day, you know, what is it? Builds character, right? Um, so it, it's. I think it's kind of like a um, a give and take situation in terms of. I think things like this, where you kind of do little bits of practice and you ease yourself in, or you do little things at home. Um, same thing. It's like you go to the gym, right? You have your routine and you're using weights. And then every couple days or once a week or, you know, a couple times a month, you instead of just running like a half a mile, run a full mile, right? Or run two miles, right? Or instead of just doing 10 reps, try 20 reps. So it's, you have to kind of keep pushing your edge and every now and then really go way over your edge and just see what's up over there and not, you know, don't hurt yourself. Uh, but with the gym, it's easy to hurt yourself with meditation. You, you'll go crazy, but you don't hurt yourself, but um, I think it's good to just kinda keep pushing yourself and see, and you know, like I said, I did a three month retreat in my silent retreat in my bedroom and I also fasted at one point during that. So I didn't eat for two weeks during that time. And uh, my body was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And then for the last three days I stopped drinking also. And then my body started dying and I was doing prostrations and I would go to do a prostration and I'd kinda like fall over from weakness. and I'd stand up and I'd kinda do it and fall over. And I pushed myself as far as I could until it was really like, okay, I am starving. I feel like I'm starving to death, you know. And I lived within a Chinese medicine center. So I went, you know, to my teacher and he took my pulse and he looked at me and he just said, like, your body's actually okay. Your mind is panicking, but your body's actually, he's like, you know, you haven't eaten, but you're actually fine. So I, you know, I was safe within that parameter, so to say. But um, it was a super intense, very difficult experience but also after making that experience after not eating for two weeks um, a lot of amazing things happened during that time as well i felt much lighter i was clearer the body gets really quiet the mind got quiet um, but now in my daily life i see that if i miss a meal or if i miss a day of eating it's no big deal that because i pushed myself so far because i know that i can go two weeks without food Now I'm not so attached to making every meal, right? Or I'm not so controlled by the hunger feeling, yeah? And after I started eating again, then I tried it with sleep, so I tried to stop sleeping. So I don't know if I told you guys this or the other group, but I took a drawer from under my bed that had my clothes in it and I dumped it out and I took the mattress off my bed and I put it away and I put the drawer on top of my bed. So it was this kind of like undercarriage from the bed. And I sat in the drawer. I put a blanket down on my cushion, and I sat in the drawer. And I said, this is my bed now. And I said, I'm not going to lie down. Instead, I'm going to sit. Yeah. And I, for three nights, I didn't sleep. I just sat in the drawer as my bed. And I pushed myself to not sleep. And on the third day, uh, I had a panic attack. And I was like, OK, Seth, go to sleep. It's fine. You know, I, I said, like, OK, that's enough. Um, but now, same thing, right? Now, if I'm tired, I know how to get through tiredness because of that, I know. So it's kind of like sometimes pushing yourself. Um, if you say to yourself, I'm gonna you know, sit for an hour, you sit for an hour, and even if it's tough, the next day, you'll do your 10-minute sit, and you'll say, wow, this is nothing, because I know what an hour feels like. And because this is nothing, I'm gonna even sit for half an hour. So it's like by pushing your edge, you start to expand what's possible for you. Um, you start to make new experiences. And even if it's so bad and terrible, it's a good experience because the next time you do it, you're like, well, last time it was that horrible. So I know that actually I'm okay all the way up to that point. So it's like making, it's expanding what you, what's possible for you, what you're capable of and who you are. So I I would say that if you want to make experience with longer meditation times, definitely go for it. And it's good to be supported. Um, I would personally love to lead a longer retreat. I would love to, you know, rent an Airbnb or something with like a bunch of people. Like take do like a weekend retreat and take a group of people and say, yeah, we're going to do sitting, walking, sitting. Find a way to kind of bring some people into a deeper meditation experience. Uh, that to be awesome, right? And there's a lot of retreat centers that do that. In Barry Mass, they have the Insight Meditation Society. In Boston, they have the Cambridge Insight Center. So sometimes you need that support. I wouldn't tell you to go off in the forest right now and just sit all day, uh, although that'd be cool. But you know, you have to figure it out for yourself, how it works. Okay. Okay. Just a comment. I'm sure. Continuing to have. Yeah having
1: trouble quieting the mind mm. and
0: I guess I'm still here so
1: I'm still trying but mm. I'm not sure where to go from here give up uh, I don't want to do
0: that give up give up give up S- stay here but give up
1: really really see trying too hard is basically what you're
0: saying trying it all is basically what I'm saying really. Okay. Yeah, we're not here to we're not trying to do anything. We're just relaxing. What's wrong with the minds making noises? Just because we think it's not supposed to. So then we go to war with ourselves and we push ourselves. Right. Yeah. So giving up, surrender. Okay, mind, you win. I'm going to sit here and relax, mind, you think as much as you want, you go through all sorts of thoughts of the past and future and fantasies and do whatever you want, and I'm just going to relax and, you know, enjoy, I'll see you in an hour, mind, I'm going to relax, you just do whatever you want, think as much as you can, I give up, yeah, try it, see what happens.
1: Right. But just accepting that you can be still, mm. and actually, even to this comment, just accepting that your mind is whatever it's doing. Right. It seems like acceptance is a real part of what we're learning.
0: Correct. One of the reasons that our mind is busy is that we are not making peace with this moment because we want something to be different and the whole thing could be reframed as a lack of acceptance a lack of the ability to feel comfortable and content with just whatever's here and A lot of times we're so focused on the results that we're not paying attention to the process. The process of having a calm mind involves relaxing, allowing, accepting, being kind, being patient, not wanting, dropping wanting, being content, being thankful, all of these positive kind of qualities Help to hold up the mind of meditation, and we often sit here and notice that our mind is not still, or not doing what we want, and we start—you know—our mind becomes like a punching bag. We start trying to push it around and get what we want. We get mad at ourselves, and we give up and we get frustrated, and we—you know—everyone else is doing it. Why can't I do it? This is bullshit. What's going on? You know, I'm out of here. My leg hurts. You know, and we're we're trying to grab onto our results which there's no wisdom in that approach, right? That doesn't work. Uh, Can't reach your hand into the soil and pull out a a seed and try to pull it into a plant. Yeah. You have to give it the sunlight and the water and let it naturally arise when it's time. And it's the same way. We have to give our mind that space and that kindness and it's okay and relax and breathe and sift, you know, and just really... um, getting down to the the mechanics of how does a mind relax and it and it's a state of peace and so how do i make my mind peaceful well i am my mind and this is like something else people don't i think we overlook yeah you often feel like it's you and your mind right it's me and my thoughts uh you are your mind so If you want the mind to be peaceful, you need to be peaceful. If you want your mind to be still, you have to be still. And you being still means letting go, not wanting anything, right? Accepting how things are. It's okay. It's fine. It's good enough. So whatever you see in your mind, it's just a reflection of what you're doing. If your mind is spinning around, you're doing something you're trying too hard, or you're pushing, or you're um, fighting against, or you're resisting, or you you want something else that, you know, your energy is creating all that stuff you're experiencing. So don't be fooled by the shadow puppets. Look at the hand. Yeah, don't be fooled by these things that are the the illusion, the uh, manifestations in front of us, look at what's causing that. What is the energy behind that mind's running? And um, yeah, and I think if you, if you were like a master acceptor, you would probably be a master meditator as well. Probably, it's one of the qualities. You might also just accept I can't meditate and lie down and fall asleep, which isn't it, right? Um, that's why, you know, when we meditate, we sit and we relax because that's the polarity that holds it is there's that awakeness, that sitting, the alertness, the, the knowing, the uh, kind of openness, the consciousness, the light, and then everything else lets go and relaxes. So it's kind of that perfect balance between being here and then also completely surrendering and letting go. Yeah, I, I don't tell you to, to go to sleep where everything disappears, the mind, the consciousness disappears. This is the process where the consciousness remains, but everything else drops away. So it's kind of like... It's kind of like accepting, and that's the dropping part, but then you need this quality of enjoying what's going on. It needs to be somehow... Attractive or enjoyable for the mind to stay with it And that's kind of the polarity It's like the mind has to be drawn into it And simultaneously the mind's releasing And that's the balance that we have to find Okay So I have two things Okay um, One is I
1: actually went back and listened to the first two sessions Oh and cool And I actually was thinking of this gentleman over here who uh-huh. was struggling Yeah um, and I highly recommend that you go back and listen if you haven't, I, I found it was like, mm. oh yeah, that's right. I right. um, he talked about certain things yeah. and I found that really uh, helpful, number one. and Number two, can you talk about the difference between what we're doing here versus what you're doing for that day-long healing in May? Like what are, what are the differences of the two approaches, or is it the
0: same uh, thing? Yeah. Um, So um, one thing I do, it's this, which is meditation, and I teach meditation, and I hold space for people to meditate. And one thing I do is energy healing, which is when people come and they lay down, and I build a mandala out of crystals and objects, and then I channel. And this is something that I learned in India. And, um, yeah, it's almost like, When you meditate, you start to relax and rest the minds, but then there's all these kind of things that are not letting you kind of do that. And I would say that what the healings are is the healings almost help move some of that stuff out of the way. So it's kind of like the healings help balance the energy and kind of remove things that are blocking you and setting you on a good course. And then the meditation, it's kind of that consciousness, consciously bringing the mind back to being here with this stuff. So the healings are very meditative, um, but they're not meditation necessarily, right? People go on journeys in their minds and stuff. So, and if that's interesting, I actually even had the thought once to, you know, say, okay, you know what, like on the last day, we'll just do a healing and you could always lay down and... Yes,
1: please. You <laughs> could
0: try that <laughs> as a thought. So we could talk more about that. But uh, yeah, they're they're different. They're both helping people, I would say. They're both bringing people to be more balanced and, and well in themselves, but uh, I would say that they're very different in their approach.
1: So then when you're lying down, are you in a meditative state? Is that what
0: you're saying? You are, but also you can fall asleep, and it doesn't matter because I'm channeling. So it's like even people fall asleep, and then they have crazy dream things, and they wake up, and they're like, wow, I feel totally different. So, okay. Yeah, it's, it's more almost like a, like a shamanic journey kind of feeling than a, than a stilling the mind in that sense. Mm. No,
1: yep. can't three no can't three passes in a row. It's the rule. Don't your feet get cold? <laughs>
0: Good question. No.
1: Over time, you've learned to live with that.
0: I I have. Um, <clears throat> as cliche as it sounds, I feel grounded. When my feet, when I have bare feet touching the ground. And um, yes, it really does something positive for me mentally to have free feet. It's like when I'm wearing socks and shoes, I feel like my mind gets overactive. Everything's like the only thing that can feel is kind of up here. And when I feel, when I feel feeling on my feet, um, it's almost like the mind can use the full body feels down here too and and yeah same kind of process it it kind of adds a little bit of a, you know a forbearance right sometimes the ground's cold sometimes a little rocky sometimes this sometimes that and it's um, part of that training of just learning to be okay with whatever's going on right now which you know can be trained in many different ways
1: um I was curious how, over time, with a regular meditation practice, how it's probably not the same for everyone. So maybe you can talk about yourself how your relationship with yourself has changed. Mm. I don't, or maybe there's, cause I don't know that there's necessarily like a goal for that with you know populations of people in general, or maybe there is, or maybe there maybe there is a pattern. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Or if there's just something, you can talk about that from your own experience.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, just to say it really simply, the more time you spend with yourself, the more you see yourself, the more you know yourself, the more uh, you can change things or see what things you can't change or see what the hang-ups are. You know, it just starts to uh, become clear because in our daily life, you're, you're Mind is going outwards; it's flowing out through the senses. You're seeing, you're hearing, you're outwardly focused. So, if you're angry, your mind is buzzing, but you're focused on that person that's making you angry. Or, if you feel, you know, um, restless, you'll go and walk or get some food or, you know, use your phone. That we we kind of use the external worlds to soothe the mind and to feed the mind what it wants and to not feel displeasure, but to feel pleasure and comfort. um, When you're meditating, it's like you're taking the toys away from the child, you know, that suddenly you're sitting there and you're like, but I want to, you know, anything, I want to play. It's like, sorry. It's like, yeah, but this doesn't feel good. Sorry. You know, but I want, you know, and it's like you throw like a tantrum almost inside, like the mind like wants, this sucks, this is boring, I'm not getting anything, what's going on, you know, and that's kind of the process that you have to start going through slowly and realizing, you know, I'm not doing myself any favors, giving myself what I want when I want it all the time. It's kind of like it gets to that point where by denying yourself those things, you start to really look at the internal mechanics Why am I so afraid of silence? Why am I so afraid of sitting alone? Um, What, why, you know, did I, why do I need to, you know, calm my mind? A lot of people come to this class and they say that they want to calm their mind. What's, what's, what's going on in your mind that's so horrible that you need to get away from it? What is your mind obsessing about, you know, and how do you want to face that stuff? And I think that's kind of what the whole path is about and why meditation is so instrumental is because you have to just face yourself and you just face it and face it and face it and face it. But slowly you also start to understand it and you can also slowly start to make changes and alterations and eventually it gets to the point where you realize that there is no self anyway, which is like the ultimate kind of Buddhist, you know, goal. Um, you realize that who this is that you're living through all day long is just this character that was built up by many different conditions But it really isn't you at all. It's just this happenstance of all of your connections and education and your genes and you know all these different things and society and whatever and You know your senses aren't you even though they feel like you and the body's not you I mean if I chopped off this hand would that hand be set you'd say no it's here it's like okay what if i chop off the leg is that leg set no it's here okay but you know then where what part of the body can you chop off and then you say that's you know it's not it's not anywhere to be found and if you really you know kind of go through it and your thoughts and your feelings the different consciousnesses right the con the hearing consciousness seeing consciousness the mind consciousness which one of those is you what do you identify yourself with and the more that you start breaking through and twisting through all those there's nothing holding it all together there's just this overlap of perceptions and this bundle and, um, and being able to experience that and that release of thinking that there's some kind of a me inside of all that the ego kind of gets destructed that's the goal of Buddhism that the whole thing just falls apart Um, So the word nirvana, which is the Buddha's word for enlightenment, the actual meaning of nirvana, it's if you had a fire and you put out that fire. So that kind of extinguishing of a flame, putting out a flame. The Sanskrit word for putting out a flame is nirvana. So what nirvana is, it's the putting out of that sense of self in terms of you know, if you put out a flame and then I said to you, where did that flame go? You'd say, well, it didn't really go anywhere. It's just out, you know? And I said, well, if that flame can completely disappear, then was it ever really there? Because you have to then see a flame, it's just a product of fuel, you know, wood and oxygen and heat and space and a flame then appears because these conditions are balanced there's a oxygen and wood and all these things but it's not like a thing that's kind of permanent and stable and always there it's just a happenstance of the conditions that a flame appears there's heat there's fuel catches fire and the buddha said that's actually what we are there's conditions that have come together and it's created this happenstance of self that seems like there's a self here there's an ego there's a me but actually that can also be extinguished and you can actually pull that stuff apart and what we perceive to be ourselves we realize is not and that's an experience and this is really hard to talk about this is not something that you read in a lot of books in in a certain way, in a detailed way because um, when that experience is made it's kind of like yeah, all relation points fall apart there's not like I'm experiencing this it's like there's just an experience of it and it's hard to put it into words because it's just suddenly all the space opens up and yeah it's just like a very different kind of place to be in so that's you know from the buddhist perspective what this is all about ultimately that's why the buddha taught meditation and all of this to slowly bring us to that place to extinguish um that you can find that total peace because ultimately that's where total peace comes from is when there's nothing else, there's nothing to fight against, there's nothing to hold on to, there's nothing, you know. That's kind of at the end of the road. Um, And simultaneously, even if we're not getting to the end of the road, even if you can bring a little peace to yourself, right? Even if you can just take a couple steps that way, if, if you can just start to, you know, bring peace, let go, find space, not identify with thoughts, not identify with the pain in your leg or your position at your job or all the stuff. If you can just slowly start dropping things and moving in, just getting that feeling of moving in that direction towards like losing identification, letting go, resting, finding peace, opening up, um, just making that experience, that's, that's already building up the momentum to get you there, right? So it's okay. And it's amazing. It's it's like beautiful. It's like a beautiful journey. Um, so that's, I guess, the the talks for tonight. And this is our... So we have one more class next week. Um, just a show of hands. Who next week wants to have a meditation session like this? Or who would want to have like a healing session? So... Just, let's see, raise of hands. So this is for the meditation. So who wants to just do one last meditation class? Let really me see what we've got. Okay, nobody's that thrilled. Who would like to do a healing session and see what that works like? Just don't know what it is, so. Yeah. Don't know what it is? Okay, so it looks like that's what's happening next class. Okay, so next class, you're going to bring uh, blankets and pillows to lay down. Okay, so next class is going to be, you're going to lay down and receive, and then afterwards, we'll just share. Um, my only question would be then, would we be able to make our class two hours instead of an hour and a half? Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If anybody has
0: to get out, it's fine. Um, but I usually do two hours for a group healing, for everything involved. So
1: okay. would it be seven to nine
0: then? So it would be seven to nine. Okay. Cool. Okay. will be the other building or back um, here? I think the other building is a more suitable space. Yeah. It's bigger. So let me just give then a couple impulses. Um, the whole reason that I wanted to come back into this space again tonight is I walked in here and I saw the different rows of books and stuff. And I said, you know what I would really love to do is I would love to give all of you a little bit of a, uh, like a retreat experience. And what I mean by that is what does it feel like when it's just kind of like you in your practice? And so what I want to do for the class today is I'm going to have those, and maybe I'll even say just if you want. I kind of wanted everybody to do it, but we'll see. Is that everyone will stand up and everybody goes off kind of like a wandering monk in the forest. And you find your own spot by yourself, kind of in the rows of books or wherever. You find your own little corner and you sit down and... You make that your little retreat spot and I'll ring the bell and I'll begin the meditation and then at the end of the meditation I'll ring the bell that I'll give you a half an hour of alone time in your little space just to kind of drop in and see with the tools that I've given you so far what you get so I would not lead the meditation this time either this is now really Starting to say like I have talked at length to all of you and those talks are online and all this So now it's really time to just go and see okay, like what can I do with this material and um, I think it'll be fun too. So that's my thoughts if there's anybody that wants to just stay here and like sit I'll be meditating here So if anyone that like really strongly feels like they need to still be like around me or something But otherwise, I would say, you know, wander forth, young monks and nuns, and find your spot, bring your chairs if you need, and um, get yourself situated. And we'll take it from there.